Hello, this is Dan Farisi, Editor-in-Chief with Commercial Integrator, and welcome to AV Plus, the podcast for the commercial AV integration industry. Really happy to be joined today by David Danto, who is just back from NAB in Las Vegas. He shares his insights and his analysis of the show, as well as his assessment of trends that he saw from walking the show floor. We're really excited to have David on AV Plus this week, and we hope you enjoy the show. Take it away. As always, please like and subscribe to our YouTube page, and please subscribe to the AV Plus podcast on Apple and on Spotify. So happy to be joined by David Danto, who is Director of Emerging Technology with the IMCCA, as well as Director of UC Strategy and Research with Poly. Thanks so much, David, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Oh, it's my pleasure as well. It's always always my pleasure to be here. So we're going to be talking about the NAB show today, and we're going to do something we'll call a view from the road. That normally is a, a print piece that David is involved with, but now we're kind of pivoting to a, a multimedia approach here on the AV Plus podcast. So we're very fortunate to have David, who was at NAB and checking all the technology out and getting a feel for the, you know, the, where things are going in our industry, what the trends are, to have him translate that view from the road right here onto the AV Plus podcast. So thank you for doing that, David. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it, and it is also something that I've traditionally done at least for the last 10 years or so. I don't so much do product reviews and I actually do even less of them now that I'm with a manufacturer because I don't want to call out any of my competition as being exceptionally good or exceptionally bad because nobody would think any of that's fair. But I do want to, I do give people the sense of if they were at one of these events, you know, in this particular case, NAB, What's the sense of going to that show like and what are the themes and trends that are popping out of it and things like that? And there's definitely some interesting ones we can talk about from NAB. Well, I want to get into all of those trends and everything that you observed there, but just give me a sense from the outset, how strong and robust of a show was it? I think we're still near enough to, you know, the pandemics, uh, the really the worst months of it, that we're still kind of wondering, are these shows going to be up to snuff? Are they going to be as popular as they once were? Are the booths going to have as large of a footprint as they once did? So as someone who was walking around the show, checking out the exhibits, talking to people, what was your feeling about the strength of NAB? It's interesting. It's very, very interesting. First of all, this is the first NAB in history that started on a Sunday. Usually Sunday is the day we go in and build and it opens on Monday. And this was, they had announced it a few years ago, but obviously they haven't been able to do it. So we we're in there on a Sunday, which was a lighter day than usual, but a number of people actually came in that morning. Um, I think they've announced the totals at a little north of 50,000 attendees, which for an NAB, if I go back four or five years, is light. It's about you know a little over half. I mean, they've gone up like 80, 90,000 of that in the past. Um, if you compare that to CES, which announced the total of attendees of around 40,000, um, it's a little stronger than that. Now, of course, NAB happened right at the, 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 the height of the Omicron variant, and we don't have that peaking around right now. And in fact, a lot of jurisdictions have rolled back some of their mitigation around COVID. So, so I think it was a robust show. What I found most interesting is universally talking to attendees and talking to people, you know, exhibitors that had booths there, and I asked, how's the traffic? What's going on? Everybody said, you know what? And that doesn't matter. Um, one of my, my best friends who's an, been an exhibitor there for over 20 years said, look, I've got seven leads. They're quality people. They're good leads. If I only had one lead from the show, that's fine. I'm not here for the new leads. I'm here to meet with the people that I knew were coming so that we could get together. 
And that's been pretty much the theme that I've been catching from exhibitors, from attendees. It's like, yeah, it's nice to walk around. It's nice to see what's going on. But I'm here in pre-scheduled meetings, dinners, events, to meet with other people that I knew were coming so we could get back together again. So I think you're still going to have this ramp where the numbers are going to be low for all the trade shows that we go to building up as, as you know, hopefully COVID wanes completely. Um, and then you're going to have this, you know, at least for the next couple of uh, months, if not a couple of years of people finally seeing each other again, that they have been able to see for years and really enjoying that human connection. I think that human connection is something that, although it was always very, very important, I think we've increasingly come to appreciate and increasingly come to recognize is core to our industry. Um, the people in our industry are wonderful. They're personable. They want to have one-to-one relationships by and large. And and these shows, I think we've come to realize, are the the, the, the crucible in which we can do that. Absolutely. And, and And another really big trend, which I think is very important specifically for our industry, I'm going to do a little show and tell here. This is a t-shirt. I want to say that I've owned this t-shirt for about 20 years. That says video guy. But the truth is, it's not a t-shirt I've owned for 20 years. I've only had this on for like three or four years because I wore out the old one. <laughs> um, and, and, and you buy these, or you can buy producer, you can buy director, you can buy you know, radio host. They have, a, they have a little kiosk in Central Hall in Las Vegas called the NAB store. And you can buy these shirts and books and other you know, tchotchkes that they sell over there um, in that NAB store. And I want to show you a shirt that I bought this year, which I've never seen there before. And I think it's actually really interesting. Um, we'll get the wrinkle out. Wow. AV team. Now, first of all, it's a cool shirt. So I am going to be wearing it uh, going forward. But that's one of the biggest themes to acknowledge coming out of NAB is, is, is and, and let me step back just for a second. NAB had become a very disjointed show over the last decade or so, where, you know, when I was going in the 1980s and 1990s, you know, it was cameras and grip equipment and lighting and, you know, real hard switchers and, and amplifiers and the things that you use for broadcasting, as well as, you know, satellite distribution companies and, and some of the, the program producers that are there that are meeting. It's very heavily broadcasting and it started to move into you know broadcasting they used to call it broader casting was one of their uh, marketing words over the years um and 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 you know the idea of content creation then you would typically go down an nab four or five years ago and you know you would have some person who made some software doohickey that that works with a slate sitting next to somebody who's doing you know online editing software next to somebody who's got a teleprompter it, it was all over the place it was mm-hmm. it, it quickly became a show where they didn't really care what whether you were connected to the industry or not they were going to sell you a booth Right. And, and I always saw that as a negative and a downward trend for the broadcasting industry. And, and our friend and colleague, uh, uh, Joe Way out of USC, actually pointed out to me that his perception of that is actually opposite. He thinks, and I guess this T-shirt sort of proves the point, that the show is now bending toward more toward AV, more toward content creation, more toward things that you might see at one of our you know, non-broadcast uh, shows, more for traditional AV. And, and he really sees that as a good thing. And I guess in that context, it is a good thing because we are now accepting the fact that broadcasting isn't something that happens out of multi-million dollar studios anymore. That's not something you can do with a mobile phone or be a content creator at home with the cameras you and I are using right now. And that was really acknowledged at the show this year. So I think that's a major trend, a good positive for where we are positioned to be that, that there's this whole content creation piece that can become something that, that really revitalizes what we're doing. 
I think it really does have the potential to revitalize what we're doing. And it seems to align with the zeitgeist of what I'm seeing in terms of the integration industry. And tell me if you disagree, but it seems like more and more integrators are looking to be kind of one-stop technology solution shops. They want to familiarize themselves not only with AV, but also IT, network, network security, structured cabling, um, and, and broadcast elements and things of that nature. They want to be your technology solutions provider so that there aren't two or three or four other technology trades on site with whom they have to work or you know uh, with whom they have to compete because they may be saying well we can not only do what we specialize in but we can also do this and this and this is this part of that zeitgeist or are these parallel or unrelated trends no it's absolutely part of it and you know again if i think back i've been in this industry for a very very long time if i think back to the companies that built studios uh, a company I don't think they exist anymore, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, a company like Centro, which was around that built TV studios, you know, going back, you know, three, four decades ago. Um, and, and then you move a little bit further into the future, and you ask me about the AV integrators that also built broadcasting and editing facilities. There were maybe two or three or four. I mean, uh, VCA in, in New York used to uh, build, a, a, do a lot of broadcasting, do a lot of editing capabilities. Now, I think most of the AV integrators in the space, if not in embracing broadcasting, are embracing the, the fact that, that it's more than just the AV business that they were in. You know, mm -hmm. this whole concept of the home office, of, of content creation, of, of, of working over IP networks. You know, we're, we're now moving broadcast television over IP networks, which was never something that happened 20, 30 years ago. So I, I do think that you're starting to see a lot of these technologies emerge and converge and opportunities grow for the integrators that are willing to grow as well. And we and, and we've had this conversation probably a thousand times before where there, there are there are still or there have been still. AV integrators in our industry that, you know, have their head in the sand and, and want to still do hang and bang and don't really want to grow. And those unfortunately won't be around forever. But the ones that, that are really moving forward, certainly the three or four or five that I spoke with here at NAB or there at NAB, we're, we're really moving forward with, you know, what's happening with AR and VR, what's happening with production, with video walls. We, we did some, some segment production right in the, one of the company's booths. Um, mm -hmm. So I, th I think we're really acknowledging the fact that this is now um, uh, both blending and an opportunity. Did you see very many AV integrators there or at least, you know, integration firms, be they technology solution providers or, or however they might describe themselves? Was it a, a, an integrator or a technology solutions provider centric atmosphere or did you not see all that many? I didn't see that many exhibiting. In fact, you know, I, I'm not sure that I saw any of them actually exhibiting in the hall. But I did see a lot of them there. Um, and, and the thing you have to that, that's interesting when, when you've been doing this as long as I have is you never make the mistake of standing still inside the, the, the hall, you know, trying to send a message on your phone or, or be on a call. Because if you stand still, people will run into you. Um, and, I, and, I, and I ran into, you know, a number of then users walking around with their consultants and integrators. Um, I ran into some integrators that I actually worked with and were planning on going with. We had a, a couple of uh, um, uh, manufacturers that were showing what I would consider to be much more AV and collaboration products than broadcast products. Um, we had a number of manufacturers that were showing, you know, encoders um, and studio capabilities. And, and it, I, I think it, it, you would call this, I wouldn't call it necessarily an integrator centric show, but I would definitely have called this an AV centric show. So uh, just in terms of technologies, and I know, you know, when you talk about technology, you always talk in a brand agnostic educational kind of way. That's kind of your DNA. So I certainly don't want you to transgress that. But in terms of top line trends, 
And as much as our industry is moving away from the quote unquote speeds and feeds, we're talking much more about experiences. We're not talking about, you know, this spec or that spec. Are there technology trends that you have observed or, you know, whether it relates to video display resolution or latency or any other kind of technology factor that seem to be on the tips of people's tongues and that people are really valuing relative to new products? Well, you know, um, the, the, the short answer to that is no. The, the longer, more detailed answer to that is if you think back to what we talked about at Enterprise Connect, the manufacturers and, and service providers hadn't been at a show in a long time, so they were just showing what they had announced over the last few years. I, I kind of see NAB exactly the same way. Before we had a conversation, I reviewed some of the major publications' lists of best in show and what people were looking at and compared those notes with my notes. And, you know, you've got um, a, a new encoder sitting next to a new Fresnel light sitting next to, um, you know, better OLED monitors. I, I mean, these are all simply evolutionary steps forward. I don't think that there was anything revolutionary shown at the show. Um, um, one of, one of the, the, the people that cover our industry um, called out the, the, the Canon uh, AMLOS system as, you know, they've never seen anything like that before. But, of course, we saw that at CES. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can easily make the argument that it was great because Canon usually exhibits at the show, but that's probably not a product to show at NEB. That's a product to show at Infocom. Um, so I don't think there was anything revolutionary um, that we hadn't seen before at the show. It just happened to all be in one place. Um, mm -hmm. And the one place was weird. It's it starting the, the trend this year, um, both from, from CES um, and, and, and now uh, NAB, and it will be Infocom as well, that the enormous South Hall at the conference center is, is not in use. They've, they've now built the new West Hall, which is where the Riviera Casino used to be, and you have to walk a long distance or take one of those underground you know, Tesla Loop cars to get there instead mm -hmm. of using the South Hall. Um, I guess it's because they want to use the, the shiny new thing, but it certainly makes it a lot less convenient than it used to be when the halls were just next to each other. So um, neither here nor there, but there was nothing revolutionary in any of what we saw other than perhaps the Teslas that you take underground to go um, to the other hall. Yeah. And, and although, you know, it doesn't necessarily pertain to the question, it's certainly germane to the, the show going experience. I mean, if if 50,000 people or 40,000 people, however many it is at, at NAB, at Infocom, et cetera, are going to be going there, those simple people moving logistics do factor in because there's yeah. time between appointments and, and just having kind of a, a trade show uh, visitor friendly atmosphere. Yeah. And you can walk between the North Hall and and the west hall but you know you can also walk from one end of the strip to the other i don't know who would want to <laughs> well ultimately the kind of the, the message i'm getting as you say is it, it was much more about technology evolution than about technology revolution to your point uh, manufacturers many of whom haven't done very many if any trade shows over the last couple of years are looking to showcase products that uh, already have been announced even if it was a few months ago um, so it wasn't a, a, a showcase of brand new revolutionary uh, wow worthy technology in that sense but it was to go back to your original point an opportunity for members of the av community the broadcast community the technology community to commune, to get together, to mind share, to compare notes, um, whether education sessions or training sessions or keynotes or anything in that networking and self-betterment regard that would um, merit your, your mention? They, they do have them there, but honestly, I don't attend them because, again, the reason for me going is is, is to see the people, the exhibitors, the, 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 the other people that are attending the show. So I haven't been at any, any of those sessions. I'm sure they did, in fact, have them. Um, but I don't want to say anything good or bad about them. I think most people um, at this particular show 
are we're going to network and see what's going on. And I don't want to minimize the good work of some of the, the exhibitors and the manufacturers. I mean, I specifically went by Sennheiser's booth. They showed me a couple of new microphones that they were putting out in a, in a new IFB system that they were using. It looked really nice. And, you know, stopped by and saw what Sony was doing and stopped by, you know, a, a number of, of companies had some new products there that were vying for best in show. I just, I just, again, I don't think, I think it was evolutionary, not revolutionary. So what is your assessment of the future of trade shows at this point? We've had a lot of people say over the years that, you know, booth sizes will shrink. There'll be less capital investment in terms of having the largest square foot uh, booth because it's going to be more about the one-to-one personal connections. It's going to be more about kind of, you know, having two people buttonholed in the corner for a half hour talking about something as opposed to necessarily trying to build a multi-story big showcase booth. Do you agree with that consensus? What is the, what are the purposes of trade shows moving forward or, or industry events in general moving forward post-pandemic? Well, I've, I've always been a, a, a huge fan of smaller booths and more money spent directly on customers and clients. Um, I've never liked the behemoth booths. And believe me, NAB over the years, especially some of the satellite companies and some of the other you know organizations that had been there, built these enormous, beautiful monstrosities inside mm-hmm. the trade show halls. Um, I, I think at least for the next year, it's going to be all about reconnection. Um, I, I wouldn't be offended for a second walking into someone's booth when they picked 10 by 10 to say, we just wanted a touchdown point here. We're not going to spend the money in this or, you know, uh, for the union labor in the shop or the, the, uh, the, the, the trade associations management that are overpaid. We'd rather spend the money directly on our customers for events, for dinners, for things like that. I completely respect that idea. I think there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, it's, it's no longer a question of, you know, uh, not to be too crude, comparing sizes, whose booth mm-hmm. is bigger than who else's booth. It's just that you're there, you're there with your people and you're moving your industry forward. I, I think we, are at a turn. I think there are a lot of industry events now. There are, you know, three or four big ones that I attend every year. There are a number of smaller regional ones. And honestly, the regional ones we usually get more out of. Um, I don't know after this year when I'm going to be hugging the same people for three or four or five trade shows, if we're going to do the same three or four or five trade shows next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe we'll we'll pick and choose. And there are some interesting regional shows that are popping up that that seem to be useful. Um, but, you know, in a year where we're going to be going to CES and Enterprise Connect and NAB and ISC and Infocom and then, you know, the, the staging and lighting show at the end of the year and maybe a couple of others in there. Um, I, I, I don't think we're going to keep going with this. Wow, it's great to see you hug every time. I think it's, oh, yeah, I just saw you. In fact, um, Tim Albright and I essentially did the same thing. <laughs> we looked at each other and said, hey, you know, we're meeting too often at these shows like this. Something else. So, so I, I think we're, 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 the arc is going to be less of these conferences, more of a blending of the technologies. And and we're going to enjoy the socialization aspect of it, but that's also going to wane as well. And I, I don't know who the winners and losers will be, but I do think the expenses for these, these things have gone a little bit, uh, you know, through the roof. And then when I made my list, I forgot to mention Cedia Expo, which, of course, I'll be at and you'll be at. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, you, I kind of anticipated my follow-up, which was about those more regional, smaller events. By the time this airs, I will have been at uh, Alamo E4. Uh, the following week, I'm going to be at Cavlo. Uh, so uh, there are these various events that are, are much, much smaller in scale. But if the idea is to get together, to have productive conversations, to maybe lead, leave with maybe not having had 100,000 meetings, but like four or five or six really important meetings that you can build on and that can have 
productive uh, results. I'm wondering if over time, some of the, the big boy kind of, uh, you know, multi or 100,000 or more shows will be relatively disempowered compared to the more intimate shows. If intimacy and interpersonal interaction is the goal, maybe a smaller, more intimate show is the venue. I agree completely. And, and as you know, the IMCCA had been doing two a year, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and we were planning on doing one in the in, uh, in the MIA. Um, and, you know, the COVID kind of shut all of that down because Brexit, Brexit, then COVID. Um, the, the idea being that we're not paying for the hall because it's being uh, uh, contributed to the event by the, by the end user firms or by manufacturers. So we don't have to charge anybody for it so that there's no charge to attend. And over the course of two or three or four days, you get to visit a lot of venues. Um, and, and anything that is sponsored, all the sponsors just have a tabletop. There is no you, you can't build a bigger booth, so it doesn't matter. Everybody's got the same level of communication. I think that's really a winning model going forward, um, and I'd like to see more and more of that happen. As you point out, there are going to be a few more of them like that during the course of the year. So do you have any closing thoughts about uh, the NAB show uh, from which you just came back, whether it's the technology, whether it's the conversations you had, the top line trends that you observed, anything we have not discussed that would merit sharing with Commercial Integrator's audience? Well, I, I think that um, it would be wise for your audience to think about what is the definition of broadcasting. You know, we're, we're in, an, in an environment right now where we're most traditional broadcasting is moving aside for over-the-top transmission, whether that's streaming, whether that's in a bundle. Um, we just saw the launch and pullback of, uh, of one of the major news networks doing one of these things because their, their new owners didn't want to have it standalone. They're trying to bundle together all of their products. I think that the number of podcasts and webcasts and other video uh, contribution that takes place to the public is, is exponentially growing. And, and integrators should be having on-the-shelf packages and expertise to be able to support that. Because I think, you know, companies are going to be, at, as far as I'm concerned, reaching out and saying, how do we get into this game? How do we be on YouTube? How do we be on TikTok? How do we get our message out there instead of having to wait for the media to, to mediate our message? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it would be good if our industry stepped up and said, we've got your answer. Here's how you do a small, you know, creation studio. Here's how you do a small teleprompter. Here's how we build it in a box and, you know, put it in in a day and a half and you're good to go. And you can be a guest star on a, on, a, on a news broadcast or you can do your own stuff over the Internet. I, I think the message to, to, to the AV industry is this is ours for the taking. It's time to, to stop looking at what we do as, oh, wow, look at the pretty lights. Look at how great we are. Pat ourselves on the back and everybody go get a certification that nobody likes to um, to. Hey, these are opportunities to grow into IT, to grow into broadcasting, to grow into collaboration. Um, and it's just there for the taking. Well, that's one of the reasons I always like to have you on AV Plus, David, because you're always a, a battler against stagnancy, against complacency. You're always urging integration companies and the industry as a whole to look at new opportunities, evolve with the times rather than kind of clinging desperately to the old methods and the old ways. So uh, I amplify and, and support that message. And I thank you for coming on AV Plus to share it. It's my pleasure. Good to see you. And hopefully we'll see each other again soon. One of these trade shows will converge. Looking forward to it. Uh, once again, thank you to David Danto, who is Director of Emerging Technology with IMCCA, as well as Director of UC Strategy and Research with Poly for bringing this view from the road, traditionally a print kind of a piece, to this multimedia platform of AV+. Once again, thank you, David. My pleasure. 
My name is Dan Farisi, Editor-in-Chief of Commercial Integrator, and please check back next week for another edition of AV Plus, the podcast for the commercial AV integration industry. Thank you very much.